Hey, everybody. It's Cy. Before we start the show today, uh, Chad and I wanted to tell people to do something. Uh, we know a lot of our listeners are from Minnesota. And as you know, the club that the two of us came out of is Acme Comedy Company in Minneapolis. One of, in my opinion, the best uh, clubs. It is the best club, uh, but everybody knows it as one of the best clubs in all of America. Uh, the reason we did our podcast there wasn't just because we're here and we're from here. It's just, it's the best. Uh, we love it. And they are running shows. They are taking COVID seriously. They have online tickets and they're bringing in crazy talent like they always do. Uh, our guy, Dan Soder, is going to be there to start November the 5th through the 7th. Um, our friend Brian Miller uh, has a show coming up. The very funny comedy magician Derek Hughes, who I could watch perform for two days in a row, has stuff coming up next week. I think uh, Akash Singh and then Mia Jackson the week after that. There's incredible shows coming up. They're doing a really good job. And if you don't want to go in person, they're one of the few clubs, in my opinion, that is actually doing the Zoom thing well where they've set up uh, Zoom tickets, and there's a there's a crowd there, so it's almost like you're watching uh, a special. It's great. Hey, everybody. Still Cy here, <laughs> and I just wanted to say a couple things about Acme that I forgot to say in the original piece that I was doing. Um, Acme is great, and they are one of the uh, clubs that are really taking it seriously. And if you want to know how great Acme is, there was an article one time written about Amy Schumer, and she was asked, what are your 10 favorite comedy clubs? And one of them was Acme, even though she's never been there. She just said it because of word of mouth. It's crazy. I wish Chad was here. Okay, enjoy the show, everybody. <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Chad Daniels, and you have landed in the middle of somewhere. Hello! From wherever you're listening, uh, whatever time it is, take that greeting, and I'd like to introduce you, of course, as always, to my co-host, Cyrus Amundsen. Good morning, Chadley Dadley. Somebody got himself a new haircut, and that somebody is old Uncle Cy. <laughs> Come on now, tell me how good I look. Come on now, tell me you want to get uh, into this pickup truck. Come on now, take your I'd pants like to, off, Chad. Come on now. I, I want to tell you what it looks like to me. It looks like, uh, I know, I saw on Facebook that you asked for someone to come to your house to cut your hair. Mm -hmm. And it seemed to me like they started cutting the top of your hair and then had another appointment they had to get to. Hell yeah, brother. Uncle Si got a mullet. I, I have, um, you cut a mohawk and you made a really good point. You said... Hey, we're not doing anything and we don't have real jobs. Who gives a shit? And yeah. so I have Keith Whitley'd the top of my head. And I I actually do love it. I will say I look let me give you the Cy and Jenna perspective because Jenna's the one who cut it. She did this oh, to wow. my skull. Yeah. Career change. Uh-huh. I think yeah, just Jenna gives up a good career in the city <laughs> to move to like Sheboygan, Wisconsin, to cut mullets for $7 a day? I think here's what she does. She calls it Jenna's Mullets, of course, and she opens it in Minneapolis 
and she gets her her light her cosmetology license from Indiana where she grew up because then people would come in and be like this is this is fucking authentic let me get one of them thorough authentic Indiana merlets <laughs> they i i would say we have very different opinions of how it looks uh but still the same opinion okay. I think I look like a guy who has a bunch of unused gift store dollars to uh, a closed Toby Keith bar and grill. Like I think I look like the guy who's got okay. four thousand dollars in Toby tokens in a drawer somewhere in his house. Sure. She made a pretty. I can't tell if this is complimentary or hurtful or a beautiful mixture of both. Uh, she said I look like the sun of some dumb hick who got rich on an invention and married a hot wife. She said, because I have. <laughs> I hate that she feels the need to add hot wife because she knows how sensitive you are well, she and said, how easily you can break. She said you have, and it was, I don't know that she was being sensitive because she wouldn't say I was attractive. She goes, well, you have high cheekbones and kind of feminine features. So you look like some hick married a hot lady. Like basically what she was sure. pitching is, you know, because every once in a while a hillbilly strikes it rich. Like, hi, my name's John Rappala. I invented the Rappala Lure Company. And this here's my, my hot wife that I breeded kids with. Like that's, <laughs> that's what she thinks. She thinks I look like John Rappala Jr. And I... Can I tell you what I think you look like? Sure. I think you look like your great aunt Dorothy right before she went to Europe to scissor. Stop it. <laughs> don't, don't you, don't you dare besmirch my family. I'm sorry, but I think that's right on the money. I'd like a picture of her in her thirties. So I, well, you're looking at it. You're staring. I, that's what I said. Staring right at it. I know I am. That's why I want a proof. Here's how we got here. So I, I wanted a haircut and obviously COVID, but I, I'm not bubble boy. You know, I'm willing to go someplace. I, I'm at risk, but I'm willing to go someplace if people are taking shit seriously. Yeah, you'll get locked in a stairway. It doesn't matter. And so I called the salon by my house, uh, the one that I've been to before. And I was like, hey, are you guys taking this whole global pandemic thing seriously? And they were like, absolutely. And I was like, great. And I made an appointment and I showed mm -hmm. up and Chad, the only way they could have been taking it less seriously is if there was a, <laughs> fuck, a French kissing parade walking through their building. It was, I walked in and you know, in movies, when you see like five, like fat Italian mafia wives all in the chairs with the, the bowl over their head getting sure the dryer yeah the perm dryer it's literally happening i've been in there before i don't remember chairs being that close there's two girls who work at the counter <laughs> who are just like giggling and bumping each other no one is wearing masks and within it was like a sitcom within 30 seconds of me walking in there one of the one of the wives sneezed without covering her mouth and i was like what sure. the fuck and i just peaced out so yeah so, Sai, before we cut your hair, can I get you a bottle of water? Spit in your mouth? <laughs> Anything like that? So, lick your gums? What if one of these? What if one of these sketchy uh, housewives here, who doesn't seem to take fear seriously, just fingered your gums for a bit? Let her get her knuckles <laughs> up into your gums. Would that be? A, would that be? A lot of places massage your head. 
but this place where they massage your head, they just let one of those women finger your nose. Just so you know, uh, I was told as a young girl that I'm supposed to cover my sneezes. And I've chosen not my elbow because these elbows are good. I don't want to get wrinkles on the inside of my elbow. So I sneeze into other people's mouths. That's how I cover my sneeze. I sneeze into other people's mouths down their throats. So I go. Sorry, I'm yelling. The hairdryer is loud. This hairdryer around my head is loud. Am I yelling? Barbara, am I yelling? So I leave the salon. Uh, I go home. I start, uh, and you probably saw this, reaching out on the internet. Hey, everybody. Because yep. I know people are cutting at home. I know it's happening. Sure. I know people are making house calls. And I'll, I'm not only am I going to pay you your rate, I'm going to tip the shit out of you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to treat you better than you've ever been treated before. I throw sure. it out there. No bites. Nobody's. <laughs> so I'm getting. And, and my hair was getting to the point where it was very much hanging in my eyes in the front. And yeah. I was constantly running my fingers through my hair. And we can't have that because Jenna works from home and I can't have her fucking turned on all day. She makes our family's money, right? Absolutely, I can't yeah. just be walking around having her want to, you know, I, it's I, I have to be an adult, right? Tough to tough to be in a Zoom conference call when you keep sliding off your office chair. So, I get it. So I uh, I got frustrated one day when I was working on something. And so I just walked upstairs into the bathroom, grabbed my beard trimmer and completely hacked my bangs off. And yeah. I looked insane. Like I, did you look like some sort of monk in an in a 1700s movie? Not even close. That would have been okay. So I look like a guy who installed cameras and toilet lids. That's what I look like. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember in uh, old, No Country for Old Men? Was it Javier Bardem? who played the psychopath yeah. with like the flat bangs and the hair yeah. over his ears. I look like if they were like, uh, yeah, Javier's great, but what if Jeff Foxworthy played that part? That's, <laughs> that's how I looked. If I come into your hotel room looking for money and I find it and there ain't no cops around, you might be murdered. <laughs> If you have ever guessed wrong on a coin flip, I might shoot you in the fucking face in a gas station. I know you've had a job with nail guns before, but have you ever had one pop your lock off your hotel door and then shoot you in the fucking eyeball? <laughs> so I now look like a sexually repressed weasel version of Javier Bardem in a movie about a serial killer. I don't even know if that's who the actor was, but I think I'm close. Uh, I think it ends with an N. Uh, Javier Bardem. Who gives a shit? I'm looking it up. You better you keep talking. Have an American name. You want to be in one of my movies, brother? Having the mullet seeping into my brain, Chad. Oh. It's, <laughs> well, that's where it comes from. It makes sense. It's seeping in. It's a direct route to your brain. So uh, then... We decide Jenna's going to cut my hair, which I think as a... It, it ends in an M. I was right. You were right the whole time. I mean, I'm not sure that's... That's my fault. And is he the guy who was in the movie? Is he well, the guy in... Well, I didn't in click no, on it, but... Well, I mean, click on it. 
We're a big. I'm going. We're to. a big fact. Yeah, that's him. God, we're so good at facts. You and I. Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt. A couple of good fact guys. Yeah. So, uh, Jen and I decide she is going to cut my hair, uh, which okay. I understand the risk there. We all know I'm a needy little bitch, and she doesn't take criticism well. This isn't a good situation, <laughs> but we're going to do it. Uh, and so we. Decide- you guys, right, right before the haircut, you guys should have tried to put up a tent together. <laughs> just, just to that's like foreplay to a fight. So we. Uh, I go and get a scissors. I buy a haircut and scissors. And we very smartly together were like, well, if we're going to cut your hair, we should for sure make a pit stop at Mullet Town. And we yeah. we did have a conversation for a little bit that was uh, starting a new trend. What if we would have done a bowl cut that faded into a mullet? The bullet. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. The problem is I cut my bangs too short. I fucked it up. If I'd have left it a little longer, we could have had an all-time bullet. But so well, you still can. Your hair grows. That's true. That's. I mean, it's not forget about that. I think that. once we get through this mullet, it's probably time to just be a guy again because at some point. No, nope. I'm gonna send you a reminder text every day that when your hair gets long enough, bullet. Bullet. Well, I I think it's a slick mullet. I think it looks nice. Uh, I it reminded me that. We tend to think that everybody in the world knows a mullet is funny. Even the guys who've had them for 30 years. And they're like, well, yeah, isn't it good? Isn't, it, isn't that good? I got a mullet. Like, I, I, you think that there's no one on earth who takes a mullet seriously. And I can tell you factually that there is a group of people who do. And they're called guys who hang out in bowling alleys. <laughs> Because this is Chad. This reminds me immediately of the guy from Uncle Buck who's hitting on Uncle Buck's oldest niece. And he's doing the, he's flipping his toothpick in his mouth, hitting on her. And then it gets stuck. Oh, that's so awesome. The, (laughs) I, this is the second time in my life I've had a mullet. Okay. When I was 18 years old, uh, Joel and I, my close friend joel we gave each other funny haircuts we for a while we did a number of funny things with hair at one point i don't know why my dad how your dad abandoned you and mine still talks to me on a consistent basis is beyond me because yeah it actually it hurts me after hearing what you've done to your dad and everything and the fact that he stuck around it hurts me on such a different (laughs) level now to think about it because it's like well i was that was pretty good. When he used to hold me against the wall by my neck, I didn't even talk back. <laughs> there, my dad wears these button-up shirts. And this was back when this stuff wasn't cool. We're talking 16 years ago. And the button-up shirts would just have, like, the pattern on them would just be Labrador retrievers and shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, he trained dogs. What are you going to do? And my dad had red hair and a comb over and everything and so i remember at one point we dyed joel's hair fire red and took one of my dad's shirt cut it oh, exactly God. like my dad and then wherever my dad was at like at the bar hanging out with friends at their cabin we would just show up and <laughs> <laughs> just not talk about it oh my god but anyway so when i was 18 we hacked a mullet into my head. And also when I was 18, there was a very real moment where I thought, I think I could be a professional bowler. 
I mean, okay. Now, now going back uh, several episodes, you didn't fuck until your twenties. I didn't. Yeah, I did not. Yeah, that that checks out. I, okay. I did not get in it until I had gotten into my twenties. That is correct. And I am I going to tell you the exact number that comes after the two? No, because here's a little. I don't care about it. Here's a little middle of somewhere secret. Sometimes our listeners are pretty mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they sure are. They sure funny. Are. Uh, but yeah, oh yeah, yeah. There we we have some uh, really dark sense of humor fans, yeah. which I appreciate. Yes. But uh, yeah, it, th- there's been a couple messages that I've gotten that I've woken up the next day and been like, "Oh, that that, that maybe is right." God damn it. <laughs> Yes, yeah, some it feels like some of our listeners went to went and got psychology degrees somehow during the quarantine and have used those <laughs> degrees just to send us Instagram messages. And so uh so I ha- I have this mullet, right? And uh yep. I was very good at bowling and there was a moment I I had gotten my own ball, like a specially weighted ball made for me. I understood the patterns of the lanes and the oils in the lanes. My average was growing. Did you, question for you, did you get your name engraved into it? And what was it? Was it a nickname? First of all, you've known me for a long time. Do you think I wouldn't get my fucking name engraved into a personal, as an 18-year-old? I just tried to dip my toe into the pool. (laughs) I understand you did. I want to know what the name was. Uh, It actually said Psy. Amundsen, but in parentheses, I did put guy who won't lose his virginity until his mid-20s. Oh, shut up. No, so I just, it just, it just had sigh on there. Just see why. Okay. I just went with something nice sure. and short. Um, I didn't have a nickname yet. I wasn't good enough. But I'm in a bowling league, and this is, I'm a freshman in college, going to a okay. junior college, speaking of Jeff Foxworthy, going to a junior college, bowling at least three games every single day. I stop at the by myself, stop at the bowling alley. I throw three games, then I, I you know I think about my future, and I mm-hmm. I do not fit in well with the bowling alley crowd, especially the midday bowling alley crowd, because people in small towns. This was like it was a bowling alley, but it was a bar. It might as well have been an sure. Elks Lodge or an American Legion with bowling in it, right? And uh, I remember when I did get the mullet people treated me better which is a fuck it's a weird thing dude there was oh fuck there was this guy there uh i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say his name uh because there's probably someone terrence from from my hometown uh i'm guessing terrence cletus no so he the best bowler that had ever come out of worthington i guess he had a little bit of choke to him so he'd get to these national tournaments and he would fall apart but he multiple 300 games also drank a whole lot and would be fucking blitzed at the bowling alley a ton of the time. And I remember being there just by myself uh, bowling and he was there with his friends, super drunk. And he started air humping the ball return machine, like the hole where the ball comes out and just shouting the words, I'm swimming in pussy. And... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) of course you are and uh, Terrence I I think for like five years there was nothing funnier to me than if 
like the the return belt had like grabbed his jeans and like accidentally ripped his dick off and for years yeah. people have to be like what happened terrence well uh as you know in the early 2000s i was pretty good i threw numbers of 300 games and i was laying upwards of three and a half different women a week and i had a few too many and i let that confidence get the best of me <laughs> the best bowler to ever come out of fergus falls his name is nate i'm proud to say that he uh, works for the post office now here and uh great dude and when we were little i was at the bowling alley and he stuck his hand in too early <gasps> and the ball came up and it's like perpetual motion yeah so his hand was stuck in between the ball and the top of the ball return and he was just and this is right when we got the new ball returns because they used to just come up like down the lane in between the two gutters of the lane where you could see it and he was screaming at such a level that i don't think i bowled for a very long time this is the same guy that got talked into pitching batting practice inside the gym we had like this net that came down this big net that draped over everything and he was throwing batting practice and they talked him into doing it without the l-shaped protection net in front of you why and he got hit in the face it broke his ocular bone and we went in there after school this was during lunch we had no idea what had happened and we went in there after school as freshmen because we were going to take batting practice with the L because we're not fucking lunatics. And there was blood everywhere. And then, of course, you know, we're freshmen. So we got a couple immature guys going like, what did the softball team use it? You know, ridiculous, like stuff like that. Uh, But we thought someone was murdered. We had no because that's where you would go to fight was in the gym at lunch because it was too fucking cold where I live to go fight outside because if you got knocked out, you could freeze to death. (laughs) So the fights happened in the gym, and we thought someone just got destroyed. Turned out, dude was nice enough. I mean, he was like, he was picked on because he wasn't the best baseball player. So all the good players were like, come on, Nate, throw, what are you, a pussy? That kind of stuff. And of course, he wanted to fit in, so he was throwing it and just got rocked in the eye. But uh, this guy has um, almost almost a 900 three-game series, which is unfucking real and just a good all-around dude. So anyways, I just wanted a little shout out to Nate and his athletic ability in bowling. Is he is he how far in pussy is he? Is he knee deep? Is he near pussy or is is he swimming? That I don't know. That he's I don't know cuz he's a clear. He's a classy gentleman and I don't think he even if he was swimming in it, you'd never know cuz he wouldn't shout it. Plus, I mean, he had his hand thing, so there's no way he goes near that ball return with his dick. <laughs> the <laughs> Speaking of classy, this whole story makes me just think there was a moment where we I we obviously oscillate back and forth on how big of a hick upbringing I had. But I just realized right. in telling this story because the guy who named the, who owned the bowling alley was named Gary. And Kay. his second in charge was one of our good friends, dad, one of the most wonderful people, like amazingly wonderful man. His name was Radar. That was his name. His his birth name? I I don't I don't know. I don't know any no one knew him by anything other than fucking radar. Okay. And he this guy just sat at the bowling alley. He was like the mechanical genius. He's the guy who fixed everything and he just sat sure. there and ripped heaters all day long. <laughs> and there were 
multiple moments, I'm sure, in my 18-year-old year where I sat in front of a bowling lane in my bowling stance with a bowling ball in my hands that said my name on it while mm -hmm. thinking to myself, I'm going to be on the pro tour someday. And then I threw a strike and an adult man named Radar went, hell yeah, Cy. Like that's a real scene mm -hmm. from my, uh, my autobiography. And I, I believe that uh, one million trillion percent. Now, now you're talking about a mullet, right? Where you go into a bowling alley and you are accepted. Yep. Now, I don't want to turn this and make this about me, but I'd like to tell you a couple things. Okay. Number one, I got a, you know, I got a mohawk. And uh, when I got the mohawk, I was walking outside of a grocery store and I had probably, I don't know, eight bags in each hand. I really love doing that when they're like, do you need help outside? And I go, no. And they go, you're going to carry all that outside? And I just lock it in. I love that feeling. And I'm walking outside and this guy yelled faggot at me again. He goes, nice haircut, faggot. And I turned and looked. And it was a guy, he didn't make eye contact with me, but he was like balding. He had scraggly, curly, long hair and boots on that had well-worn boots. And he wasn't looking at me. He was kind of like kicking at the ground and skipping a little bit. And I honestly, for a second thought, could this be the Joker? Because he looks just like what the Joker would do. So I'm just going to keep walking. And he goes, that's it. And I just go, my hands are full. And I walked to my car because I didn't know. I didn't know if there were a bunch of jokers around him <laughs> that he was just trying to get people to murder other people. I had no idea. Now, since I'm talking about my mohawk and I'll drop it after this. Okay. I had two different reactions from two different women. Okay. okay? Number one, one woman said, oh, that's awesome. And I dyed my hair pink this summer with my niece. And she goes, Oh, that's awesome. Are you going to dye it pink? I think you should just keep going up in steps. Oh, I love it. And I go, I go, oh, that's great. And then someone else, another woman said, uh, are you are you mentally ill? Why would you get a haircut like that? Are you having a midlife crisis? Are you mentally ill? And I thought, well, I guess if you're going to, you know, put your energy into one of these women, I guess it would probably be the one that isn't... Uh, <laughs> just completely calling you fucking crazy for getting a haircut hair grows back i don't know if people know. did you not have a fucking doll when you were little hair grows back i also it's there's no how people don't understand and i understand there are some people who are just going to normal work every day but there's a lot of people who are working for we are in we are in this ultimate retreat from other people's expectations. It's a right. fucking pandemic. I don't have to go out and like, yeah, if I'm if I'm walking into the Vikings building every day and I'm working for ESPN and I'm doing these things, am I rocking a mullet? I mean, still probably, but a lot less <laughs> a lot less confidently that people are going to be okay. I just don't like you have a free pass right now. Dye your yeah, hair weird. Do some weird shit. Have a mustache for a while. Let's have some fucking fun, man. Well, I agree. If you're going to be stuck inside and the same eight people are seeing you on a daily basis, I say let's rip it up. I'm going to tell you something else. 
Gave my pubes a mohawk. Just a match. So when people go, carpet match of drapes? Yeah, it does, motherfucker. It's a singular trail from my belly button to my <laughs> dick. How about that? What, what, would, uh, what would a pube version of a mullet be? I think you have to go real short above the dick and leave your ball hair super long. I was long. just going to say, this is, a, the, this is the worst <laughs> visual in the history of our podcast. But yeah, you just have like really short above the dick and you maybe even put some hair gel there. Get it good and spiky. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to, I know the people can't see me right now, so I need to tell you exactly what just happened. In the first time ever on this podcast, I took my headphones off to laugh because uh, it was echoing too loudly in my ears and I spun around in my chair. That was a good one. Gel on your pubes. To get just them. spike them up. And I mean, now here's where it's going to get gross, oh, but I don't shit. think you could use ball hair. I think you got to grow out the taint hair or the anus hair so it hangs yeah. below the balls like a like a like a NASCAR fan like you get those that long hair that hangs beneath so the balls and the penis are the face the gelled pubes up top and then just the sheet of a uh, party in the back party in the back oh man Oh my god that's a huge party in the back it's like a mud flap <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be. It would look like Gonzo got a mullet. Oh, God. Can I tell you the best thing I ever heard someone with a mullet say? Well, I'll tell you what mine is, and it's spiking up your <laughs> shortly cut pubes with gel. That's mine. That's my new one. I can't, I can't wait to see somebody talk, like, say something cocky to me, like... Oh, yeah, I was uh, around somebody without a mask and they had uh, Corona and I didn't get it. It's like, yeah, but do you put gel in your shortly cut pubes? Because <laughs> I'm going to use it to knock their their life back down to where it belongs. <laughs> what, what was yours, though? Sorry to interrupt. So uh, I did, you know, in the areas, the rural areas that we grew up, mullets aren't uncommon. Um, Correct. And uh, so my brother Greg, as I think I've mentioned before, he's a really talented singer. And when we were growing up, he started performing in these little shows at, in our hometown okay. at the Memorial Auditorium, which you and I have performed at together numerous times. True. Absolutely. Um, so that's you. It's like an old Johnny and June theater. Like it looks like a Johnny Cash theater from the 50s, 60s, right? Where he would perform. Absolutely. Yep. And so a Sun Records type tour theater. And so. Uh, they would put on these community theater shows. There was like one in the spring and one in the fall. And one was called like Corn Off the Cob. Corn Off the sure Cob. And the other one was Snow on the Porch. That's the one from New Year's. Hey, y'all, come on down to Snow on the Porch. We're going to have things. And, dude, these shows, I, like, I think a lot of people would hate having to go to that if one of their family members were in it. I loved it. Because... Greg was so beloved in our hometown. Like, sure. at one point, I had a Conan and had sold a pilot to MTV. And I, I was, like, having a career. And I would go home yeah. and everybody in Worthington would be like, that's Greg's brother right there, the singer. 
he and dude that's always fun isn't it dude it's amazing and he because he was so there was a point where at one of the corn off the cobs because he would perform three or four shows people would be so excited to hear him sing he would come out on stage and there would be this almost upsetting excitement in the room because it was all it's all elderly people so it was all these blue hairs that I mean, you want to talk about slippery chairs, first time in decades for these people, right? <laughs> they, Greg, Greg looked like a young, muscly, hot Alan Jackson to these people. You just, you just hear all these old women screaming throughout the concert, the dust has lifted! The dust has lifted! And they get up and dance a little bit. I'm going to tell you, I know that Greg is beloved in that town. Because after we did a show there, and let me tell you something, I was hungry during my show because I went to the subway in your little fucking town and they had a touchscreen uh, <laughs> self-service drive through that I couldn't figure out. And I just drove by the window with my middle finger up because it was so fucking disturbing. Number two, when I got done, I thought I had a great set and comedians don't say that very often. So it must have been good. And I was over at the bar getting a drink and somebody came up and she goes, oh, you're Sai's friend, right? And I go, yep. Do you know Greg? And I was like, fuck this. I don't even know what this is about, but I don't like it. Why are we furthering yourself away from me during this conversation? And now I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's you don't. You know, I think a lot of people think I have a large ego and it's pure insecurity because I had a real Joseph and the amazing Technicolor dream coat of a brother. OK, sure. That makes sense. I get it now. And I do. The shows were like Joel and I and like we would always go to them because they were just like community theater. I love. I think it's very funny and fun. There would be moments right. where I remember there was like one of the pastors from town who was like a 60 or 70 year old man performed the song jackson with like a 20 year old girl like we're going to jackson which is a a love song <laughs> it was like a, a couple song between johnny cash and june that's so funny to see those two humans do it um yeah but so it was the the it was a snow on the porch version it was new year's eve snow on the porch <laughs> and my uh <laughs> My brother Jess is in town and okay. packed audience. Greg is Greg is having a good night. Sitting in front of us was a mullet. But this is like this isn't a Billy Ray Cyrus mullet or a early Toby Keith mullet. This is a church mullet. This is a I've had this oh. short, tight. It basically looks almost like an army cut with just a little curl in the back. This is a guy who's had a mullet for three decades, right? And absolutely. This is people know him for his mullet. Yes, but it's it's a pro this it's is professional. The, the, right. This this is the kind of mullet where it says, listen, I want long hair, but I don't want to have to deal with long hair. No, this is and this they, is I want long hair, but I'm not going to let somebody in a grocery store parking lot call me a faggot. <laughs> that's oh, no, that's, that's isn't that what happened to you? Absolutely. It is. That's why I'm saying. Oh, no, I feel for anyone that gets that. So uh, he's sitting in front of us and you could tell this dude didn't want to be there. He's there with his old farm wife. Right. And the theme for this snow on the porch was uh, was um, hee haw. Do you remember the you remember the TV show hee haw? 
I sure do. It's basically, for anybody who doesn't, it was, I think it was in the 70s maybe, but it was Hillbilly Saturday Night Live, basically. Yeah, and, I, and I'm going to tell you something. Hee Haw is actually one of the reasons I wanted to do stand-up, even though I didn't find the show funny. I saw these people acting, and my grandpa had like this Barney Rubble laugh, like, <laughs> like that. And watching this guy that I respected that was the patriarch of the family get disarmed so easily by these people and his shoulders would shake, that's one of the reasons that I was like, I want to make people do that. And we, when we did the, uh, a tour of the Grand Old Opry when we were down in Nashville, Olivia and I, we got to see the soundstage where they did Hee Haw. And I was just like a little kid. I bought a fucking Hee Haw t-shirt. Tons of it. <laughs> well, it was – it's – You'll remember the bit then. There, I mean, there, it, lots of songs and sketches and stuff like that. But one of right. one of their, I don't know if it was recurring bit, but can I guess? Go ahead. Was it when people would poke their head out of the corn? It was when people would poke their head out of the corn. It was when people would yeah. poke their head out of the corn. For for the younger people listening, it's like the you can't do this on television locker scene. Yes, where they would open up their lockers and pop out. It was the same thing, but they were in a cornfield. And whoever's line it was would stick their head out and talk to the other person that had their head out. And then they would disappear into the corn and then two other people would come out. Yeah. And it was. And so for Worthington, Minnesota, snow on the porch, he hawed the <laughs> They built corn like a cornfield on the stage. So and, and okay, they did nice. that in between the singers and the sketches and all that. Somebody would lean out of the corn and say something that was supposed to be funny, like, and that dumb son of a gun thought the horse was a dog. <laughs> and then, Chad, this place would fucking erupt. They would, lo sure. they loved it so much. A bunch of your grandpas just fucking ripping laughter into the air. Love it. Love it. And so, throughout the night, they keep doing that. And then. Uh, and I don't know if they ever did this on the show, but at one point a guy leans out of the corn and he says something that is not funny, but it was intentional. He made an intentional bad joke for the bit because then okay. another woman leaned out of the corn holding a giant sign and all it said was, that's not funny. Okay. And this place went bananas. If those, <laughs> I can just picture all these people like, oh no, is the show dying? And she holds the sign up and they're like, no, it ain't. Hurrah. <laughs> this is the hat of art. Like people are <laughs> the time of their lives. And this, this is like, uh, this is the sort of boom laughter that, and I don't want to tell you what your career has been, but you and I have never felt. We will never feel the boom laughter that ma that that woman with that sign felt that night. No chance. Sure. So this laughter is slowing back down because now they have to they disappear into the corn. And then there's a moment before the next act comes out on stage. And so this old mullet farmer with his old farmer, you could just tell all night he wasn't laughing at anything. He did not sure. want to be there. He only went because this is the thing that his wife gets to do every year. You know, like he this he is not interested in being there. 
And as that uproarious laughter went down to a silence, he out loud went, should have had that sign up the whole fucking night. (laughs) Oh, man. I love him so much. I just put it on his tombstone. My brother Jess and I had to leave the fuck. Like, we were like the next. These are just community people who just are trying to sing and it means a lot to them. We had to leave and go out in the lobby because we couldn't stop, like, face break laughing at this old fucking hick. And by the way, no one laughed. Like, of these six, seven hundred people there, it was like me, Jess, and like eight other people were like, well, that's he's the fu- that's so funny. Like, uh, it was so incredible. Put it on his tombstone. Put it on. Yeah. His and tombstone. I know what that laughter is like. There was one time where Jackie Cation, hilarious comedian, uh, was at Acme and she said something. And I'm not going to repeat it because I don't know if it's uh, out on a special or whatever, but it was so funny to me that I had that same thing. I had to leave because have you ever shit your pants and then you think you're done, but you can't stop shitting your pants? That's what that laughter is like, but out of your face. (laughs) And it is the most ridiculous where you can't help it because it just starts gurgling again in your stomach and you're like, oh, fuck, here we go. I mean, that's a dangerous kind of laughter. Yeah, absolutely. I got to go. Hey, if you guys like this, uh, there will be a new episode next Monday and every single Monday at 8 a.m. So click the subscribe button so your phone sends it to you without having to do any work.